0: Hey, Queens, welcome to Crown Thoughts, the podcast, a safe space for women of all kinds and for women of all walks of life to come together and chat. Crown Thoughts, the podcast is a movement of vibes, which encourages its listeners to dig deep and reflect. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. just heard is a live audio recording I was able to capture during a protest I had marched in this week in New Haven. Let me first start by asking everyone, how are you all feeling right now? I know for me personally, I'm both mentally and physically exhausted. I really wrestled with Am I going to record this week? What am I going to record this week? And this was simply because I've been having such a hard time just figuring out what are the right words to say, what is the best thing to say. I'm trying to be mindful of my audience. You know, I'm just such a. A ball of emotions that I was afraid that I might come on here and cry on the mic. But then I marched and you hear so much solidarity and so much pain in the people that I knew this is the right platform for me to now go back and reflect and think and educate and support the audience, my audience, my queens, I see you. I read your comments. I, I see the reviews that you write. With that being said, I do just want to remind everyone that this is part two of last week's episode, which was entitled, He is a Human Being. This phrase, this title is a direct quote used by an innocent bystander who witnessed the eight-minute murder of George Floyd. If you have not listened to part one of this segment, I'm encouraging you now to please stop, press pause, and go back and just listen to what was said. And then, you know, once you're finished, come back and and listen to this episode and, and join the conversation. But I just do not want anyone to miss out on some valuable information that was given. So I, I wanna read an excerpt, which I think is so important and so necessary to start with today. We want an immediate end to police brutality and murder of black people. We believe that we can end police brutality in our black community by organizing black self-defense groups that are dedicated to defending our Black community, from racist police, oppression, and brutality. The Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States gives us a right to bear arms. We therefore believe that all Black people should arm themselves for self-defense. This is an excerpt from the Black Panther Party, their 10-point program written on October 15, 1966 by the late, great Huey Newton, 1966. This was written over 50 years ago, and yet, why is it still so relevant to today? I watched protests transpiring throughout the nation this week. I was able to stand in solidarity during a peaceful protest in my hometown of Norwalk. I marched alongside people of all kinds in New Haven. I have shouted. I have cried. I have stomped my feet. I have held my, my fists up in the air. I have clenched my teeth. We have all gone through the motions together. Every single moment that has happened throughout this week has been so moving and so powerful. And yet... Uh, My mind was still buzzing. Where are our black militias? Who have appointed our current community leaders and activists? Are you fighting for a cause or are you seeking attention? Stop trying to gain social approval and then going back and calling it activism. In order to really be down for the cause You must live that lifestyle every single day, not just when it's relevant to the times. It pisses me off to see certain people leading protests today when just a few months ago, you were slandering the names of black women online. Or during certain protests, I'm seeing people make the narratives about themselves rather than speaking on the wrongfulness and the injustice of systematic Racism. Since when did we start equating leaders of any kind to the amount of social media followers? Then these are the same individuals with no background of leadership skills, no knowledge of their culture's history, unable to articulate or get their point across. And yet they're given a platform to quote unquote lead. We should have already been supporting black businesses. We should have already been looking towards generational wealth. We should have already been educating our youth. And most importantly, we should be on a daily basis feeding our mind, body, and soul good, positive content. This statement is not to take away from the individuals who have protested who have made signs, who have donated to the cause, who have you know gone online and signed the petitions. But I have some statements for the ones who sit quietly because they feel speaking out is uncomfortable. Shame on you. I've been reading the insensitive and frankly just idiotic comments on Facebook not just from the white culture but from our own people who are clowning our brothers and sisters our black brothers and sisters rather than standing beside them shame on you too i decided to read a quote from the black panther party for a reason everything that the black party members did from installing a stoplight at a dangerous intersection to providing groceries to families that were living in the hoods. Everything that they did was all solution-focused and based on this idea of a revolutionary love for the people. It was well-organized. They formed their own militias and did what was needed to bear arms. They read and studied the laws so that when a member was arrested, they knew how to hold their own. Angela Davis, one of my all-time favorite activist, who was also a member of the Black Panther Party, was labeled a terrorist during the 1960s. Not only that, she was put on the FBI Most Wanted list. And when she was tried in the Supreme Court, she represented herself, no lawyers. This is because the Black Panther Party was that skilled in their work. They never make moves on a whim. Absolutely not. That's how you lose the game before you even step out on the field. One of the best things that I heard during the New Haven protest was, know your audience. Know who's in your, your, your left and right corners. Understand that when you come out and you step on the field, you better know the game better than every other opponent out there because they're coming and they're ready to shut us down. So we need to come back 500 times stronger. The Black Panther Party had their own war cry. It was all power to the people, not just power to the people, but We want all power. When I think of this, I can just hear them saying, we are no longer staying quiet. We are coming for y'all neck. And we believe that Black people will not be free until we're able to determine our own destiny. Now, I'm sure some people want to challenge this statement by saying, Well, you can't determine your destiny by rioting and looting. Listen and really understand this. Riots, looting, burning of buildings, fighting back, that excessive anger. This is not a a black person problem. This is not an ignorant problem. This is a trauma response. How can we make justifications for white men who engage in mass shootings and school violence by saying they were bullied as a child or he's suffering from a mental illness? But yet, you cannot understand the oppression of a culture that has been lasting for more than 400 years. Let's really address what's behind the anger, since for some people it is just it's just too hard for them to comprehend, right? Firstly, We are tired. On a daily basis, people of color are constantly faced with microaggressions. Microaggressions are those those nonverbal communications that we get. The stares, the lock your door when we walk by, you know, don't hold the door, follow us around the stores, Uh, even in the verbal aggressions. Mentioning that I've changed my hair this week. Then we're faced with lack of resources within our community. We're still living in unfavorable conditions in our low-income communities. Rats, roaches, food stamps, all of that still exists. There's drug abuse. There's opioid overloads. The trafficking of our black and brown children. The fear of leaving your home and having to worry if you'll be shot today. Unemployment. The failing school system. COVID. COVID may have highlighted the inequities of our country, but inequality has always been there. People just turn their face to it. These are the reasons why people are looting, rioting, burning buildings, fighting back, We are tired and we have been tired for generations to come. Our riots and our protests is just a direct response from an overflow of racial trauma. If you're still not following what I'm saying, let me try and put it in a more simplified way that you can relate to. Have you ever gotten so angry that you throw the phone? So upset in traffic that you hit your steering wheel or maybe you slammed on your brakes? Have you been so undone by the toxicity of your domestic situation that you smash the plate? So fucking pissed off that you send a long text message? I'm sure someone has said yes to at least one of those questions. For some people, the experience of rage or mental pain is so severe that it leads them to break their surroundings as a way to relief. That feeling of relief is a chemical process. When our fight or flight response is triggered, the adrenal glands, they start to release adrenaline. And, and that adrenaline rush is to help regulate our heart rate and our blood pressure. Rioting is not a senseless act. It is our body's natural response to danger. I always try my best to bring forth tangible facts in all of my episodes because one, professionally, I work in a clinical field. But also because I don't plan to use this platform to just rant. I, I want to educate, inspire, and always empower my, my audience. If we don't as a society hold people accountable for their actions, there will never, ever be change. Stop being afraid to call out what you know is morally wrong. I don't care the color, black or white. Call that shit out. Our generation when it comes to race and the systemic issues, we talk about it, we post about it, but in reality, we are faltering in so many aspects. We need to start being bold. We need to start using our voice. That is how you become a change agent. Silence is no longer an option. And eventually, everyone will be forced to choose a side Sooner rather than later, I hope. Understand that addressing racism is essential. And I, I, I'm already thinking and I'm already, I could just hear the responses. Well, I don't want to be a protester. Or you're afraid to go out and protest. Or protesting just doesn't fit in my schedule right i'm I'm gonna look at this as a clinical way, and just think about some of the the not excuses, but just you know some of the reasons why people feel like this just doesn't fit them. My advice to you is there are ways to support without having to be on the front line as a protester. One vote if you are eligible. Register and make your voice be heard on the ballot. There are laws and every law has a loophole. If we do not continue to challenge our legislators, it does not matter how many rallies and protests that are heard. Stop putting all of your trust into one political leader. One political leader is not enough. We need to start becoming the leaders. We need to be we need to start being those voices for our communities because Really, we are the ones living in these communities. We are the ones that go through every day and see what is right and what is wrong. Two, sign petitions. There are many, many links of programs and organizations and nonprofit agencies that are collecting money that are genuinely being put towards a good cause. So research Go online, make donations to those grassroots organizations. Three, if you're artistic or creative, make signs for the protesters or hang them up in your neighborhoods. Now is the perfect time for us to start using our natural talents. Four, and honestly, point number four, I think has to be my favorite point. Stir up some conversation. Have conversation amongst your friends and your family and maybe even within your place of employment. Really listen and and understand what people are saying, what they're feeling, what they're thinking. You know, we're we're not always going to agree, but change starts with awareness. And there could be a message that you have that maybe your coworker, your loved one, even your best friend, maybe they need to hear that and it'll help them to understand why racism is so ever-present and why we need to start making some serious changes. Five, support Black businesses, period. I don't even think I really need to go into that. Six, read and understand your history, Know your rights as a U.S. citizen. Knowledge will always be power. And I know this is like such a cliche phrase, but when you really start reading and understanding what has happened in our past, it is then when you can start making changes so that it doesn't be a repetitive pattern in your future. I began listening to speeches that were put up on Tidal. First of all, Tidal is a black-owned listening platform. But, you know, Jay-Z put out this list of all these famous activists, some of them whom I myself had not even heard of, and just to hear their words and the use of their language and how profound they were, it it really began to stir something up in me and it encouraged me and it let me know that we as a black culture, we have always been of the highest thoughts. We have always been educated. We have always been kings and queens. So please educate yourself. When you know who you are and when you know whose you are and how important you are, there is not one person on this earth that can tell you otherwise. So stop posting just to post if you really don't know what the cause is for. We all have work that needs to be done. But silence is absolutely not the answer anymore for any of us. Another point that I want to touch on, and really this is my final point, which really should have been my first. Because I did entitle this episode, Policing Our Own Protest," And I, I'm, I'm really just using a play on words because I want everyone to understand the history and the purpose of our officers in America. And I have family members who are police. I have dated a cop. I have loved ones who work in law enforcement. So this is not in any way, shape, or form to put down officers because I do believe that there are some good officers out there. But before you make that decision to be a cop, did you really know your history? Before the the word police officer came about, It was called Slave Patrol. Slave Patrol. The first formal Slave Patrol was created in the North Carolinas in um, the 1700s. And some of their primary functions was to chase down, apprehend, and return the runaway slaves back to their owners. They were organized to provide terror, to stop slave revolts. And lastly, they were created to maintain a form of discipline for slave workers who were subject to summary justice outside of the law. So pretty much if you were a slave worker and you violated any plantation rules, you had to face the slave patrols. Where in that phrase is protect and serve the community? They were literally formed to keep us Black people in check. Then, during the early 1900s, when lynchings were, were forming and just becoming out of control... Certain black Americans were not only planned in advance, but all of these lynchings had the full support of the local police. Often the police were participants in the white mobs that went out and attacked black men and women. Again, where in that did you protect and serve your community? So when I say we need to start policing our own protests, we need to start becoming our own Militia. We need to start protecting ourselves, knowing our rights before we step out to march, knowing who to contact if we did get arrested. Because we are not, nor have we ever truly been seen as more than property in this country. We are something of ownership and nothing more. And if we act out, it is the slave patrol who will organize terror to deter slave revolts. Does that sound familiar right now? It's funny how the president wants to respond very quickly to our riots, yet the nation has been shut down for three months when it comes to the coronavirus. I know many people have been asking the question, so what now? What's next? What do we do? What's the next step? Honestly, we hold the power. We've always held the power. It's now time for us to start exalting our power and doing it in a way that is profound. I can't really explain how that can be done. But I know that, again, silence is absolutely not the answer anymore. No one of any color, of any race, of any sex should be sitting back and not saying anything because they're uncomfortable. If you're uncomfortable speaking on what is right and what is just for human beings, then you need to do a a self-check. You need to really sit in the corner and do some inner work and understand why it makes you feel uncomfortable. And then maybe come back to the table. But right now, mm-mm, in the corner. So here are my final thoughts. I can't breathe is not just the words of George Floyd. Collectively, we are all saying I cannot breathe. For the noose of racism continues to hang around our necks. Enough is enough. We no longer should be sitting back and being quiet. The protests will continue. The posts will continue. The signing of petitions will continue. The challenging our government and our legislations will continue. The revolution will absolutely be televised. For all of my listeners, my supporters, I'm encouraging you to just please join me in putting in the work. Because it is work and it is hard work. But let's all come together and really put in the work to end racism. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for chatting with me. Continue to hold your head up. Queens, we always recognize Queens. Thank you.